podcast with Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I am your host, my name is Chris Lockhart. And joining me for this episode is my co-host in crime, Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kev? Oh, that's such an interesting question, Chris, because two and a half years after it started, I couldn't avoid it anymore. Oh? Yep, positive test today. Oh, you got COVID? Yeah. Oh, that's... You're doing okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, like, stuffy nose coughing. <clears throat> um, I have a fever, which... Coincidentally, it's also very hot where I live right now, mm. so that's not helping it yeah. any. Yeah, but if I cough or, or blow my nose and forget to mute during the course of this, I, I apologize to listeners in advance. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on this evening. Um, yeah, I, I've all I, I don't have COVID, but I I have had a stomach bug the last few days, basically since Saturday morning. I think it might have started Friday night. Um. But yeah, like I was, uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Uh, today I'm, I'm feeling more like myself, but I'm still not a hundred percent. But, uh, so yeah, um, I guess dear listener, you get to listen to, uh, two sick guys. Um, but I appreciate you coming on Kev. You know, I, I had no idea that you, that you had COVID. Glad you're doing okay. No. Yeah. It, um, I didn't feel great yesterday as we record yesterday. Mm. But my test was negative. Um, I still took the day off. I'm like, something doesn't seem right. Yeah. And then when I took it today, it came up positive within, like, seconds. The test says, you know, don't check for 15 minutes. Oh, it was positive immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh. Uh, so I'm like, oh, there's I, – I don't have a slight one. I, I've got it. Yeah. So I called up work. I, I you know, let would know that I had been around lately. Um, And then I'm just – uh, staying home, and I'm going to use it as an opportunity to catch up on some things, too. Well, that's so, good. Yep, I'm almost done with Moon Knight. I got one more episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, tomorrow I want to do Kenobi, finally. Nice, yep. And, and then uh, the rest, um, I never finished Squid Game. I got to episode two, and it was just too depressing, mm. and so I stopped. So I'm going to try to finish that. Yeah. And I'm going to try to start, yes, start, because I've never watched a single episode, uh, Stranger Things. Oh, excellent. Um, well, I, I, I envy you for uh, uh, getting started on Stranger Things, because um, I actually just finished the last season today. Oh. Um, and it, it was good. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Stranger Things, I really loved the first season. Second season... I didn't love as much. Third season, I liked. Um, I can understand why some people had problems with it, but overall, I, I liked it. Um, and then, see, the problem is season three, I think, aired in 2019. So now, like, three years later, get going into season four, I honestly didn't remember a lot of things. I actually watched a, a recap video on, on YouTube. Um just to kind of remind myself, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. You know, because, you know, I guess with the pandemic and everything, it everything got delayed. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, uh, dear listener, uh, for tonight's episode, uh, there's going to be a little bit of news, I think, but mostly discussion. Uh, this isn't normally our recording night. Um, as it happens, the reason why we're recording tonight is because I actually had an appointment today, so I had to book today off work. So I thought, you know, since I wasn't doing anything for the evening, you know, I, I'd see who uh, was interested in uh, in being on the podcast, and I threw out the bat signal, and Kevin answered. So uh, Kevin's with me, and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk uh, some, some random topics. Um well, first up, uh, I actually saw this on the news this, e- this evening, Kevin. Um, speaking of, of Stranger Things and Netflix, um, apparently Netflix lost 2 million subscribers. Uh, I this, saw that too. Yeah, yep. th- this year's uh, first quarter. And apparently they were uh, thinking they were going to lose 2 million more for the second quarter, but they only lost 1 million, which they consider a win. Um. So yeah, I, uh, I I don't know what to say um, in terms of Netflix. I, I I really think with all these streaming service, all these other options out there, I think you know it's definitely cutting into the into Netflix's bottom line. Like, um, and and to be honest with you, aside from you know a few like I mean I love Stranger Things, I love The Crown. Um, trying to think of other netflix shows that are like a must watch for me you know i don't know it, like netflix isn't what it used to be no so like i like myself like i still continue to subscribe to it and i and i and i will continue because you know there's enough content there that uh you know keeps me coming back uh but to be honest with you i probably watch disney plus more at this point and amazon prime um then i do netflix um but for for myself i'm gonna keep uh keep subscribing but what about you kev what what are your thoughts on uh on netflix and what's going on lately i mean i think a lot of people um have been looking at their streaming services and cutting ties and it's nothing against the streaming service but really why keep it for months mm-hmm. that you're not watching it, but it's going to cost the same amount when you do want to do it. I've heard plenty of people say, oh, I'm going to keep a list of everything I want to watch on Netflix or, or Hulu or Disney or HBO or whatever the app is. I'll keep a list of all the things I want to watch. I'll sign up for a couple months and then mm-hmm. I'll delete it and I'll come back the next year when there's more stuff on. And that, it honestly makes sense. Yep. Um, so why not just, you know, get a bunch together? Because if you can't watch it daily, weekly, even monthly, why bother showing that out? Yeah, now, I, I was actually only- uh, thinking of doing the exact same thing, like, uh, with Paramount Plus, because I had subscribed to Paramount Plus earlier this year when uh, 1883 was airing, um, because in Canada, uh, when because Yellowstone in the United States is on Paramount Plus, um, but in Canada, Amazon has... Yellowstone, so I watch Yellowstone on Amazon, but when the 1883 prequel was announced, it it's exclusively available on Paramount Plus. So I had to get it because I had yeah. to watch it because I, you know I like Yellowstone, and actually I found 1883 I liked a lot more uh, because I like you know westerns and stuff. Um, but as soon yeah, as soon as 1883 was over, it's like I I stopped 
subscribe. And it's, you know, I mean, it's only $6 a month, but still, it's like I'm not using it. So next year when, um, well, uh, the next 1932 or whatever, like the, the next prequel series that they're going to be doing for Yellowstone, I'll subscribe again. And at the same time, I wanted to, like, more, most recently, I wanted to watch the, the Godfather trilogy, which I've never watched, but it's only available in Canada streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Um, so I'm at, you know, r- rather than, you know, rather than buy the, the Blu-rays or I, I, I'm assuming my DVDs must be in storage. I cannot find them. Um, my, my sister bought them for me for like my birthday, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And they, you know, they, I think I put them in the storage. I can't find them now. Uh, don't tell my sister that though. Um, so I think I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to wait till I subscribe to Paramount Plus again to watch, you know, the, Yellowstone prequel, and at the same time, I'll, I'll finally watch the Godfather trilogy, uh, rather than pay for the Blu-rays or, you know, like, you know, because I mean to to get the trilogy on uh, iTunes or whatever, it's like sixty bucks. So I'm like, no, nah, I I think I'll just wait at this point. Well, and I mean, I end up having um, an extra problem with it is I have. My kid could at any point want to watch something. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of the subscriptions I just keep for him. Yeah. And then I ended up, um, my mom was complaining for years about, uh, you know, the Emmy Awards. Oh, how, you know, all these actors and all these shows, I've never seen it because it's on whatever streaming service. Yep. And finally I gave up. And uh, for Christmas, I set her up with all my streaming accounts. Oh, nice. And. Yeah, she's watched Hamilton and The Crown and, you know, just absolutely loved it and find a ton of stuff. So I can't get rid of those apps now, even if I'm not watching them, because she can get into <laughs> it at any time. Yeah. But, I mean, um, you know, in my my list of things I want to watch right now while I'm stuck home, I got, let's see, the Netflix app, Hulu, uh, HBO Max, Disney, um, uh, Peacock. Because I got mm. that too, and there's something that I watch. And then uh, I have a a wrestling streaming one too that streams independent wrestling shows from around the world. Oh, nice! There's something that I watch on that too. So it's like I got all these services going. Yeah. In, in my in my delusional quest to not pay money for cable, I'm paying just as much in all these streaming. Yep. Well, and and like for myself, like uh, right now I got Netflix, I've got Amazon Prime, I've got um, Apple TV, Disney Plus. Um, I do pay for the uh, YouTube Premium. So worth it because I, I watch so much YouTube. Um, and uh, right now, the streaming service that's on the bubble for me is AMC Plus because it's the last season of Better Call Saul. Um, so I've been subscribing to AMC Plus just for that. But when that's done, you're probably done too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, there's nothing else, you know. Um, there's a f- like there's a new Netflix or sorry AMC series called Moon something. Oh, I can't remember. And I thought, oh, you know, it looks interesting, you know, sci-fi show. And then I actually watched the trailer, and I'm like, nah, this doesn't look good at all. Uh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Um, okay, 
now, speaking of Stranger Things, continuing on the track, um, so this is, I don't know if this is news, but something that came up. Um, I was reading this, this last weekend that uh, Stranger Things actor Joseph Quinn, um, who just joined the series in uh, Season 4 as Eddie, had to cancel an appearance at a German Comic-Con uh, due to passport issues. But some believe the real reason is how the actor was treated pre at the previous weekend at a London Comic-Con by event organizers. Um, appar you know, apparently what happened is, uh, from what I understand, this, this actor is, like, new to the, you know, to Comic-Cons and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so when he was doing photo ops and autographs, um, the... He, I guess he was talking too much to um, the people, um, like having conversations and so on and so forth. And apparently, the he was event organizers were literally telling him to shut up uh, to keep the line going. Um, so I, you know, I guess he, I guess he uh, was kind of upset about this, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, on on the one hand, I kind of see where the event organizers are coming from. You know, I got to got to keep the the line moving, but at the same time, I also see the negative end of the event organizers because a lot of times they overbook these signings, overbook the photo ops uh, because you know, of course, the more money, the more people they get in, the more money they're going to make. Um, so you can't, you know, you can't fault the guy for being a decent guy and 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 you know, wanting to converse with his fans, like, um, so to me, I don't know, it just kind of sounds like, uh, the event organizers might have been, uh, just being dicks, I guess, um, that's really too bad, it's really too bad, because like I said, the, you know, from what I understand, this guy's new to the whole convention scene, um, so, you know, he's just trying to be a genuine, nice guy, um, and then he gets, you know, kind of treated like crap. But sorry, Kevin, your thoughts? No, 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 sorry. And it's it's the event organizers being greedy because something like that. There's a good chance that it's along the lines of I don't, I don't know, just for easy math. Let's say that you pay twenty dollars to take a picture with this guy. He mm -hmm. gets ten. The event gets ten. Yep. So the more people you push through, the better it is. But someone like him, brand new, or someone that's just a good human being, is like. Hey, I wouldn't have this money. I wouldn't have this opportunity if not for these fans. Somebody gets to talk to them for two minutes, and for me, it's two minutes. But for them, for a lot of these people, it's the greatest two minutes of their life. So who am I to take that away from them? You got bigger stars that are good people, like a like a Jason Momoa or John Cena. I, I think there's a story every year of, you know, they were doing a signing and stayed later. Like they were supposed to be mm -hmm. done at six, and they stayed two hours and missed their flight and stuff like that. Yep. I swear there was some actor that, like, the convention was shutting down and his line wasn't done. He just said, I'm going across the street to, like, some restaurant or whatever. Anyone that's still in line, come meet me over there and I'll just do it all across the street until we're done. Yep. You know, like, but it was probably a big enough name. Like, this is, granted, he's on Stranger Things, but still a kid. It's still someone brand new. Like, they don't have that kind of pull. Yep. But, yeah, it's just being greedy and wanting to push as many people through the signing as you can. Yeah, and, and I, I've, like, I personally have experienced this myself, you know, being in lines and then, 
you know, all of a sudden, you know, they, they end them. And I know uh, in 2012 at the Calgary Comic-Con, they actually got into a lot of trouble because they oversold the convention. Uh, and then the fire marshals showed up and was basically, yeah, nobody is allowed in from now on. So you had people showing up like at noon, one, one in the afternoon or whatever, having like a Saturday ticket or a weekend pass and literally not being allowed to enter the facility. Uh, because they oversold it. Um, and I know, like, you know, watching the news, this one family, like, they drove up from another province. Like, they drove, like, I forget how many hours, like, 20 hours to come to this convention. And uh, and we're told that their tickets are no good, even though they paid for, like, the weekend pass or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, it's just event organizers getting greedy, hoping, you know, that they can slip one past the authorities and makes you know make more money um and then it, ultimately it's the fans that that uh, suffer as, as a result I, i'm happy to report you know like it, 2019 was the last time i went to calgary comic-con it's leaps and bounds better than than um what it was back you know seven years prior um but i do know also it's not just the event organizers but i think some of the event uh volunteers sometimes those guys can be a-holes you know yeah. like like you get you get got you know it's it's like with a anyone you know um you know you always get that one person in in a, in a group who you know gets a little bit of 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 authority and it goes right to their heads um and and i i've seen that happen at conventions too um so I, I I've seen where you know like actors weren't being treated with respect and and uh, fans weren't being treated with respect and you know they just don't care you know because they're not getting paid they're just there for I don't know you know in, in some cases I guess to have a power trip um but yeah it's it's, it's really too bad and and like that actor um uh, he's he's great I, I I loved his character in season four. And uh, there's another new actor in season four who's also incredible. And I've seen those two actors doing interviews on YouTube and stuff, and and they're just great. They're both British guys, and um, yeah, it just it sucks that uh, they have to have a bad. This guy had to have a bad convention experience. Um, I mean, at least he learned early. Yeah, I suppose. Um, there's plenty. There's some people that just have the love of the geek culture and wanting to give something back. And all right, yep. let's organize a convention. Let's have fun. Let's let's give something back. And there's other people that just see the cash opportunity for it, and that's all they care about. Yeah. Well, and and I think for some people, like they like they start them with the best intentions, but then when they see the you know when the receipts start coming in, they think, oh, you know, I kind of like this. Yeah. Um. And then they get a little greedy, and then they usually sell them to, like, a bigger promotion, and, yeah. But, anyway. Uh, Kevin, uh, what do you have this week? Do you have any random topics you want to throw out there? All right. Um, because everyone's talking about it, and I, I even had family called me up asking about it and all, and it's uh, it's a bit graphic for our usual content. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we, we, can tread, we can tread easily and all. Yep. But, uh, Chris, are you following all the Vince McMahon fund? Uh, no. It, isn't he getting, like, they're trying to get rid of him or something? Like, the board's trying to vote him out or something? Well, so, 
the Wall Street Journal starts digging into the numbers. Oh, okay. And they found we are currently at, I believe, $12 million worth of hush money, non-disclosure agreements paid to various people over recent years. Oh. And the board is looking into it because, you know, is, is it with uh, his own personal money, which is still not a great thing, but it's his own money? Yeah. Or is it with company money, which should have gone past the board first? Yeah. But said it's all it's all buried in different things. So Wall Street Journal so far has had two different articles come up, and everyone's like, there's more. Um, the first article was he hired a paralegal, you know, whatever the correct term is, mm-hmm. uh, for 100000 a year. Then he started an affair with her and doubled her pay to 200 a year. Ooh. And then when she left, he didn't want word of it getting out, so he paid her $2 million to keep quiet. So that was the first Inter- one yep. <laughs> that came out. Then the two really bad ones that came out uh, a few weeks later was he sent uh, unsolicited pictures to um, some talent in the company, and when that person, I mean, I'm assuming a woman, mm-hmm. when that person complained, uh, they were given money to just shut up about it. And then the one that gets me, so I, th- I think they said it was like 2011, 2013. It was a, l- a little while ago. Okay. But not that far back. Um, he propositioned one of the female talent and said, if you do this, I'll put you on TV more, I'll put you in pay-per-views, you know, titles, like, you'll be making a ton more money if you do this thing to me. Yeah. And she, if, if, like, there's speculation on who it is, and it doesn't really matter, but let's say she was probably, like, young, mid-20s. Yeah. You know, like, huge, like, touring the world now for the show, becoming famous and all. So she agreed to, and then when he said well, you need to keep doing it. She's like, no, I agreed to it once, and I wasn't happy about that then. I'm <coughs> yep. not going to continue to do this. And so they fired her instead. And then when she was going to get back at the company for it, they told her to be quiet and paid her almost $8 million to keep it quiet. So that's... Yeah, and there's like smaller details in the articles and all, but that's a lot of money out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. chances are they will find more. Um, crazy thing is, he paid more to these women than he paid when he bought WCW. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. <laughs> um, now, in, in discussing with various friends in my wrestling group. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever consenting adults do, as long as everyone's on the same page, consenting yep. of sound mind, I don't care. Do whatever you want. But if he just wanted to be with someone, he's a near billionaire. He could get a hooker, an escort, mm-hmm. or whatever. He could honestly just probably walk into any bar or restaurant as they're touring the country, and someone would have stars in their eyes and just go right home with him. Some beautiful girl in the Midwest, you know? Yep. Like, he could get someone. It's not going to be tough. But to force, in a way, 
uh, like force isn't the right word, but coerce to coerce um, quid pro quo, whatever. There, it's the power for it. Yeah, it's absolutely the power play and controlling someone. I'm like, that's a messed up person. Yep. So so far, they said um, the board wants to investigate. So he's not in charge of the day to day anymore. Uh, his daughter Stephanie came back out of nowhere, so she's in charge of day to day. Because she had taken a leave a few months ago, and they didn't mm-hmm. say why. Um, but he's still at, as far as we know right now, he's still at the TV shows, writing the TV shows. Oh. And, you know, in charge on the headsets. So I'm like, you know, even if you didn't know. You know, and I, I got a feeling some people, like Undertaker probably knew this was going on, or Steve Austin, like people that have been there for years. Yeah. Even if you didn't know, now that you do... And he's still your boss? Like, I've had shady bosses. I've had bosses I've not respected. And I absolutely gave them attitude. I, You know, I would try... I wouldn't want to do what they would ask me to. I would go to other bosses, or I would leave the place. Mm-hmm. If I could. So I've just been very interested. There are, there are tons of wrestlers on there that I support, and I've watched, you know, from, like, in front of 50 people up to that grand stage, and there's people I think are cool and everything on that. But it's clear that, you know, I can like what a company does, but realize that the person in charge is not good. Yeah. You know, Teslas are good, but Elon Musk seems to be problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the whole the whole power angle, it, it's to me a very reminiscent to Bill Cosby. Um, yeah. Because I remember when, when, when the allegations of Bill Cosby first came out, I remember I defended him. Because I said to him, because I I said had the argument. It's like really, the guy's a millionaire, you know, maybe a billionaire. I don't know. Um, if he wanted women, he could pay for it. He do, you know, he doesn't have to drug anybody. Um, but now that you know, all these women have come forward and more details have have come out. Uh, it wasn't about you know so much getting the woman. It was about the power, you know, the control. Um, and he really was a sick man, you know, and, um, it's disheartening. Like Vince McMahon, like, I don't know, part of me kind of sees it. Like I, yeah, he does seem like a scum, you know, like I realize, (laughs) you know, his persona on TV is amped up by a hundred, you know, but I also know he is, you know, kind of a scumbag in real life. So it doesn't completely surprise me. Um, but just to, just to piggyback on this, something similar is happening up in Canada right now. And I seen this yesterday on the news. Hockey Canada is in a lot of hot water right now because apparently for years, uh, when you talk about uh, squirreling away funds and stuff, apparently they've had um, a secret fund, a reserve fund, specifically to uh, settle uh, sexual assault cases out of court. So basically to pay off victims. Um, And apparently, you know, there's something happened at the 2008 World Juniors or something. I I don't know the details, um, but apparently people were paid out of this this fund, which was, the fund was created using, um, you know, the fees that hockey players pay uh, to be part of the hockey association. Um, 
so without their knowledge, this this fund was set up to basically, you know, settle sexual assault cases out of court. Um, and yeah, just just shady, shady practices, and instead of dealing with the problem and making it public and saying like this is not acceptable, you know, they're just keeping it hush and and keeping the you know, you know, I, I you know I realize this is still, you know. Uh, being investigated and you know it still has to go to the to the courts and everything but to me it you know very similar to the vince mcmahon thing like very shady very you know not above board and uh yeah there, there's definitely going to be consequences yeah i i hadn't heard the hockey one yet <laughs> i have heard of places that have a fund in case of things yeah but it's not because we know we're going to use it. It's we hope we never have to use it, but it's there. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Yeah. And, and yeah, like with these guys, apparent, uh, like with Hockey Canada, it, it wasn't transparent. Like they didn't say like we're doing this in case something happens, you know, so we don't have, you know, but yeah. Cheating. Yeah, I have no problem with a, a rainy day fund. Yeah. Which it's a bit too light of a term for it for this. I have no problem with that. That makes sense. The business should have that, really. But when you know, oh, hey, we know X amount of times of the year we're going to have to pay off money, so we may as well have that money at the ready. Yeah. Instead of solving the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's 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 about solving the problem, but also setting a precedent that yeah. you know for the for the you know, the performers coming up or, you know, hockey players coming up like this behavior is not acceptable. It needs to stop. Um, but when you create a hush fund, it, it almost seems like it, you know, you're accepting it. Um, but anyway, um, so, uh, one of the topics I have this evening, I, I don't know if you've, uh, been watching, uh, the Orville at all. Um, have you have you have you ever watched the Orville, Kev? I have not done the Orville yet. I know from you and from other people, um, you know, just background for the show how it did start out as, you know, it seemed like a Seth MacFarlane comedy, but they also yep. seemed like what he made it so he could get it made. Yep. And then as soon as he had the money, he did the one eighty into a full blown his Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It so really. I, I wanted to at some point, but. Oh yeah, it's excellent. It is. It is so good. This new season's amazing. Um, like in the states, it's on Hulu now. In Canada, it's on Disney Plus. Um, the star part of Disney Plus. Um, and yeah, for season three, they basically went full blown next generation. Like they're not. You know, like there is some funny things. There is some. You know. You know some classic you know mcfarlane goofs and stuff um but for the most part it's very it's a more serious um uh, show that has you know like it makes you think and it gives you a lesson um you know they uh deal with some pretty serious topics um uh but in in a in a star trek-esque way um, like for example, uh, you spoilers, but I won't say who or anything, 
Um, <laughs> but the season one premiere uh, dealt with uh, mental health and suicide uh, and PTSD. And, and they did it in a way that it, it, it worked, you know, in the way that Next Generation would have dealt with that subject matter. Um, and it, it, it's just fantastic. It's such a good show. Um, I really wish, you know, like, because there's that rumor floating around, you know, last year or the year before that, you know, Seth MacFarlane was trying to take over Star Trek. Um, I wish Paramount would just say, here's all the money, please help us, uh, because he could, he could make Star Trek great again. Um, I, I like, like, I'm not, I haven't watched Strange New Worlds. I've only seen the first episode, which I, I didn't mind. I, th I thought it was pretty good. Um, other than, you know, they use some footage from the January 6th insurrection riot, whatever you want to call it. And I was a little eye rolling. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's just, I haven't got to uh, finishing it just because there's so many other shows that were on at the same time. Um, but uh, I just wish, you know, Star Trek, the guy, you know, people watching Star Trek would just do what I'm referring to as a back to basics approach to doing this type of show. Um, like the Orville, like they do use some CGI, but they also do use models. Like they actually, like the, when you see the Orville do its flyby, that's actually a model on, you know, that they filmed. Um, and you can tell, like it, it feels, uh, more real than the CGI ships that we see in Star Trek. Um, so I wish Star Trek would take that. I wish, you know some other franchises like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, like the, you know, the nineties movie, make more movies like that, you know, use, get Jim Henson's company involved. You know, it worked like there's, you know, we need to be less reliant on CGI. I think I, you know, and same with the, the planet of the apes movies. Um, you know, nothing beats, in my mind, the original Planet of the Apes, 1968, Charlton Heston. Um, that is the ultimate Planet of the Apes movie. The makeup was amazing. Um, and everything was done practically. Like, there was no CGI apes. You know, as much as I like the newer movies that they did, like uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, some of the CGI was not good and and kind of took me out of the out of the movie um so I, I really wish you know some of these franchises would just look at what worked in the past and and just go with it you know less reliance on cgi more reliance on practical makeup uh practical um effects point that those first jurassic park movies because of the combination of the CGI and the practical effects still hold up today. Yeah. And that's what, 20, 25 years later, yep. you know, somewhere on there. Um, and you're right about models. Look at the, um, you know, when they show the making of star Wars movies and you see all the sets and the models and how amazing it looks. Mm -hmm. And then that's what helped you, you know, immerse in that world more so than CGI does. Yeah. 
Um, and I, the only thing I'll say is, uh, I, I was watching Ready Player One the other yep. night, and it's CGI, but because the whole thing's supposed to be a video game, anyways, the CGI works. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like within that context, it's totally fine, and that makes sense. And any flaws aren't really flaws for something like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like CGI definitely has its place. Like, like I said, the Orville still uses CGI, uh, but when they need to, like when you know when they got the big space battles and stuff, like I totally understand that. You know, doing uh, computer generated uh, special effects, you know, is cheaper than than doing models, right? Like, because you have to build the models and you got to blow them up and you know all that kind of stuff, right? You know, doing model work is time consuming. But at the end, you know, I think sometimes, like, in particular with Star Trek, um, you know, like mod- <laughs> modern Star Trek, I think, relies too heavily on CGI. Like, like you know, because they can write a space battle into every episode if they want to. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Like, Next Generation, for example, because, you know, CGI was still new... Uh, it wasn't, you know, in practical use, so they had to use a lot of models and stuff. A lot of times with Star Trek, um, they got around big battles, um, you know, by, you know, doing stuff like, you know, shaking the camera, you know, you just hear, you know, hearing the photons hitting the ship, or, you know, like Picard uh, figures out a way to de-escalate the situation without having to have a big battle. Um, which, you know, just goes into, in my opinion, better writing. Because uh, it's way easier to just write, you know, big, a big battle scene than it is to actually have your characters figure out a way to avoid it in the first place. Um, I just think we need to come back from that. Like, I, I just, I think, um, you know, one of the problems with uh, modern Star Trek, and I think and with a lot of modern franchises, you know that rely too heavily on CGI is is it become you become a um, a lazy writer I think um, when when you know no, when nothing's off the table now uh, for the most part I mean there's there is you know still some limitations you know with a TV budget and so on and so forth uh, but for the most part like yeah you can write in a, a CGI battle and and Whereas, like, the Orville, you know, they did one big CGI battle in Season 2, and it totally was worth it. Like, it totally paid off uh, doing it. And that I'm cool with. You know, you build up to something, it's awesome to see, you know, that kind of payoff. But just, you know, having it all the time, it just, it takes takes you out of it. Um. And and I can just tell, like you can tell, um, like in Voyager, I forget what season it is. I want to say season five or season six when they switched completely to CGI, and you could tell the difference. Like you you like you could just feel it. Like the ships don't feel real anymore. Like they look good for the most part, um, but there's just something about a model flying past the screen that that just brings you into it in a way that mm-hmm. a CGI model doesn't. 
Um, and I, th- I think that's true. Like with the, with the original Star Trek movies, uh, movies like 2001, a space odyssey, like you said, star Wars, um, to me, like the, the death star trench fight, um, did more for me than the rise of Skywalker, you know, a thousand ships showing up like yeah. that was, you know, a little anticlimactic to me, especially when, you know, like they're not real, like it's all computer generated. Um, but anyway, but, I, I just wish they would go back to a back to basics <laughs> approach, but sorry, Kevin, go well, ahead. I think, no, sorry. I think limitations on things, whether it be financial or tech or otherwise, leads to innovation which frequently mm-hmm. we get something better because they hit a wall and had to go around it somehow <clears throat> oh absolutely um like one of my favorite battle scenes from uh, the next generation was uh, yesterday's enterprise the last like five minutes of that episode is a battle with uh, the enterprise d in this alternate timeline fighting klingon ships to protect the enterprise c and that battle is so awesome, and yet the actual, like, seeing the ships fight is really uh, brief. You don't really see a lot of it. You see more of the, you know, the shaking camera, the, you know, the bridge blowing up, uh, Geordi and engineering trying, you know, trying to keep the ship together. Um, it felt like a big battle without having to have uh, all these big, you know, space special effects. And it worked. It absolutely worked, and I, and I really think, you know, we need to get back to that um, in order to make, you know, modern sci-fi feel better, work better, I, you know. But anyway, uh, that's one of my topics. Um, Kevin, w- what else you got for uh, these mini topics? Well, it's not really a mini one, and, and I know from your notes we might mention something about it, but... Uh... San Diego Comic-Con began today as we're recording. Oh, yes. And today, yep, today's preview night, so some, a lot of toys are are getting leaked on Twitter right now. Not leaked, it's official, but, mm-hmm. oh, Chris, there's so much money to be spent. Oh, I know. i seen um, on Instagram uh, Dr. Mindbender. That, yep. that toy looks awesome. Yep. Um, Mattel did a new Eternia set. Oh, nice. With a ton of, like, action figure accessories for it, like troop builders, snake men. Just, oh. I, I mean, it, it, it. I'm guessing it's at least 500. Wow. It's crazy. But, yeah, and, and that's just day one, the stuff that they're showing off already. Yeah. But uh, there was, um, the stuff that came out already today, so what, I think Marvel has Saturday. <laughs> So I'll okay. be refreshing. I'll be refreshing Twitter that night, mm-hmm. um, and hoping there's you know some live panel or something, uh, you know some video leak. Yep. Um, apparently Oni Press, uh, out of nowhere, said that they aren't going to be there okay. after some talent had already like you know booked their hotels and flew out there and everything. Yeah. Um, whatever financial difficulties they're having, they just backed out out of nowhere a couple days ago, hmm. which is, isn't good for any publisher. Yeah. And then, uh, 
I, I haven't seen an update on the story, but apparently one of the hotels in San Diego, uh, coincidentally, the hotel staff went on strike. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. So I'm, I'm sure they purposely waited until this weekend to do so for whatever, however they were treated or pay or whatever, like whatever the cause was, I'm sure they waited until this weekend. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. Yeah. But uh, there's there will be San Diego... And then Disney has one of their expos later on in the year. I forget when. Um, I want to say the second weekend in August, I think. Something like that. Is it? Because I, I, I'm i already just full of all these guesses for what the heck is happening next. And I, I remember many years ago, the thing that made me most mad is one of the San Diego you know, Comic-Cons. Uh, whatever movie company it was, Universal or, you know, whoever, they showed a teaser of Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about it. And I was like, I want to see that trailer so bad. And it never leaked. I think it was like six months later when the actual trailer finally came out. Yeah. And I, I probably searched daily for it because it just sounded so cool. I do not want to hear Marvel say, you know, I don't want to hear... <coughs> Sorry, I don't want to be reading people's descriptions of what Marvel did. I want to be able to see it somehow. Yep. Some, someone's got to sneak their phone in. Yes. Or but I'm, strategically, you know, one of the companies will, will sneak some, you know, some footage out, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, because and, and there's there's rumors for everyone. There's a DC rumor going around right now, too, um, for something there's gonna they're going to announce. But I remember many years ago, um, I think Marvel was live streaming it when they're like, here, we're going to go ahead and announce our next wave of movies. Yeah. And that was when they did the big uh, Infinity War part one, part two. Yeah. And you, you, you heard people react three times. To it. <laughs> you know, um, but I'm hoping for something like that. I, I got like two things I want to watch live on Saturday. But if I find out on YouTube someone's streaming Marvel, I'll have to have three screens set up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But oh. I, I, I'm sure, like you, like, I always want to go to it, but mm-hmm. I looked into it one year and the cost is just absurd. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, I don't know. If I ever win the lottery, maybe I'll do it, you know. Um, but to actually put aside the money and stuff it's so it's so tough and there's so many people there and uh, it's such a gamble right um Mm. especially with travel and all that kind of stuff it's yeah well then part of it is you're gonna want to see these movies you're gonna want to you know talk to these or you you see the panels for these comic creators talking about what's coming out next yep so all right, either I decide I'm going to just sit in one room, Hall H or, or whatever. You know, I look at the panels and decide there's two or three in this room I want to be part of. Yep. So I just sit in that room all day and I'm not actually experiencing the convention. Yep. Or I wait in line for like two hours and cross my fingers and that's two hours I'm not spending enjoying the convention. Yep. Like, honestly, I think unless you're a pro, and I think a lot of the pros can just... You know, I think there's a separate line for them for stuff. Yep. Or if you're, you know, maybe official press or of a certain level. Like, if you're just a fan doing it, I I don't think I would stay in line or 
go into these things unless you're like, okay, the Marvel panel is Saturday. So Friday I'll look around for comics or toys or whatever and have fun and meet up with people. And Sunday I will too. But Saturday I'm going to get there at 9 a.m. I'm going to go into Hall H and I'm going to just sit there until Saturday night. Yeah, they're, um, the one podcast I listen to, they're one of the podcasters. That's what, you know, he takes us very seriously. Um, so much so that he literally, um, in the past has like rented a room and like not actually stayed at his room. Um, because he like s- sleeps like outside the convention, like he'll sleep on the grass, yeah. uh, just to get in, you know, to be first in line to get into certain things. Um, and yeah. yeah, like, like Hall H and stuff, like, like he'll literally sit there all day so he doesn't give up his seat so he can see a panel like nine hours from now. Um, like it, it it's a special dedication that you ha- you have to have if you really want to, you know, if there's something that you want to see and, and you really have to commit, um, but for me, I mean, the, just bathroom alone. Yeah, but yeah, bathroom like that that that's a big thing for me, um, <laughs> and and not and not just that, but uh, you know, so many people, you know, like like Calgary is as big as I go, um, and that's I forget how many, like over a two day period, three day period, hundred and fifty thousand people I think altogether. Oh wow. Uh, it, it, it is the biggest one in like Western Canada. Um, but, uh, other than that, like, I don't know, but then, but then again, I don't go to all the panels. I, I just kind of float around. Um, like when I first started going to conventions, I used to hit the photo ops a lot. Um, because that was kind of new, like that was like a newer thing back then. Um, and I thought it was such a cool idea. Like, why would I spend, you know, $75 to get Shatner's autograph when I can actually get a picture for, with Shatner for the same price? Um, that's how how I looked at it. Um, but you know, now that I've, you know, been to so many conventions, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm. You know, it's a lot of commitment to stand in line, especially with the the big stars and stuff. So I kind of float around, and um, a lot of times I'll just wait that day and and then decide, you know, where where I'm going to go and who I'm going to see. Um, like the the Edmonton Expo is coming up in September. That I'm going to that one. I got that weekend, that Saturday and Sunday booked off from work, and. Um, the trailer park boys were just announced. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, also, uh, Kevin Smith and, and the clerks cast is going to be there. Is going to be. Um, and I'm assuming he's going to be doing one of his podcasts, but unfortunately I'm not going to be going to that. Uh, they, they were, they did do that in Calgary earlier this year, but I didn't, I couldn't go to Calgary this year. So, but, uh, well, he has clerk three coming out so yeah. he's hyping that at uh, all the conventions yeah absolutely and i mean i i clerks one and two are probably my favorite kevin smith movies um you know jane silent bob movies are good too but um so yeah seeing seeing the clerks cast i'm pretty excited about that so 
Um, because in Calgary they had like they had it where you can get a photo op with the whole cast and Jane, um, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes as Jane Silent Bob. Like everyone's in their their uh, film accurate costumes. Um, and to get that picture was like five hundred dollars. I if I had went to Calgary, Ooh. I would have seriously considered doing that. Um, now, is Rosario Dawson part of this picture? No, she wasn't. Unfortunately. Ah, that, Unfortunately. That, that, may have pushed, that may have pushed it over for me. Yeah, it was uh, Jason Mewes, uh, Kevin Smith, um, Jason O'Halloran, <laughs> or no, um, not Jason, no, Brian O'Halloran. Brian O'Halloran. And, um, oh, who's uh, Randall? Who played, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The actor who played Randall. And then the actor yeah. who um, was in Clerks too, he was like the the new nerd. He Elias. was like El- Elias, yeah. It, it was those those all those uh, actors. Um, so yeah, I, I, w- I was gonna pull up, but I, I ended up not going to Calgary. And to me, that's almost better. Um, like I really regret because they did something similar. Uh, in Calgary, uh, with the Next Generation cast, you could have got a picture with all nine of the original cast for five hundred dollars. Oh wow! Um, but I didn't. Instead, I got an individual picture with Picard, Data, um, Count or no, uh, Picard, Data, Will Wheaton, Gates McFadden. So I got four photo ops with four different cast members. Plus I got Troy's autograph. I got Worf's autograph. I got Tasha's autograph. So really, what I paid for autographs and those four photo ops was probably close to a three hundred mark. So I might as well have just paid the five hundred and and did yeah. everything all in one shot instead of you know because you got to remember like all those photo. Uh, all those autographs, all those photo ops. I had to stand in line. Like the Patrick Stewart line, I've told the story before. You know, I was in line for three hours, and then they closed the line, and then I got into line for another photo op, managed to get into the photo op area, then they closed that line, and then I basically refused to leave after they asked me to leave. And then, <laughs> it, and then it turns out Patrick Stewart was like, when he heard that there was people that didn't get their picture, he said he would stay later, and he did. Um... Like, he probably missed his supper, I'm thinking, to, to do that. Uh, because they had a big Next Generation show that night, like uh, which I also went to. But, you know, all the time I spent in line, in various lines and all that other stuff, I might as well have just paid the $500 and had the one picture. And because there's so few people that are paying for that, the line wouldn't have been that bad anyway. That's true. You know, the only sure. the only downside is you you get less like at least when you get individual um, photo ops, you get a little one on one with that actor individually. Like uh, you know, Brent Spiner was very friendly. Uh, Will Wheaton, very friendly guy. Patrick Stewart, awesome. Gates McFadden was really sweet. She, you know, she's super sweet to my son. Um, and and you know, you wouldn't get that with the whole cast. Because you know, chances are they're probably talking to each other, and and you know, and click, you know, you get your picture and you're done. But 
I kind of regret not not doing that. I I, I think it, all the time I wasted and all that, like it would have paid for itself. But any anyway, I do. I, I don't know if you've had this. I, <coughs> sorry, hmm. I do like every so often it happens. You're going up to yep. someone for the autograph, the photo, whatever. Yep. And the person in the booth next to them doesn't have a line at that moment. Mm-hmm. And they just get, like, sarcastic and egg both of you on. Uh... You know, like, oh, I've had, I've had them, like, oh, I'll take the picture for you instead. I'm not doing anything else. Or, you know, oh, sure, you won't spend the money on their autograph, but not mine. Um, uh... You know, if you... You ask them a question, the one that you're going to see, and the person next to them like, you know, that's a good question. I'm wondering that, too, just because they're kind of bored without someone there at the moment, so they're hamming it up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I had that when I met Peter David. I went to his table. I can't... Oh, it's a Canadian artist, the guy that was beside him. Um, he's done Batman. He's done... Oh, what's his name again? I get, And I could see him, too. Oh, but he was kind of kind of chiming in, kind of ribbing Peter a little bit uh, while we were chatting. But it, it was a good it was a good fun. Um, I, I remember one like uh, uh, I can't remember who we were in line to meet or whatever. Um, but I remember. Uh, Mira Furlon, she played Ambassador Delenn on Babylon 5. Uh, she was also um, in Lost. She was, uh, oh, she was the French lady. Uh, I can't remember her character's name. Okay. R- R- I want to say Rousseau, but I can't remember her first name. Uh, but anyway, I think we were in line to, to get Jonathan Frakes' autograph. And... She was in the table beside him, and, like, nobody was at her table. And I felt so bad for her. Um, and I wasn't going to get her autograph uh, because I was getting a photo op with her uh, later that night anyway. Um, because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Babylon 5 fan, so, you know, I had to, right? And I felt so bad that nobody was at her table. Like, I just went there and got her autograph anyway. You know, and paid the, you know, mm. 40 bucks or whatever. Um, but I got to talk to her a little bit, so it was worth it. Um, um, but I was, I don't know. It was one of my first conventions and I was so star tra- star struck. Um, I kept, t- I was talking about Babylon five, but I kept saying Battlestar, <laughs> like just cause I was so nervous around her. And then she's like looking at me funny and I'm like, Oh no, no, I meant Babylon five. Um, but, uh, yeah. Super, you know, unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago. Um, super nice lady, though. Um, but yeah, you know, now that you mention it, Kev, yeah, there's there's been a few times when uh, there's been a little bit of ribbing and and whatnot, especially with the the wrestlers. I find. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, because we were uh, in line to was it the Million Dollar Man or something? I can't remember whose autograph we were getting. And, uh, yeah, they just, uh, oh, that one guy, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but, uh, he was kind of ribbing us and, and, oh, oh, you'll get his autograph, but you won't get mine. And it's like, and I'm thinking to myself, I, dude, I don't even know who you are, you know, but I didn't want to say yeah. that. 
but we ended up getting his autograph anyway. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, it was the year I took my son, and they had, yeah, Million Dollar Man, Honky Tonk Man was there, um, uh, Jake the Snake. Um, yeah, that was the one, the story I told about Jake the Snake being super drunk. Yeah. That weekend. Um, but it was a good time. It, it was it was really cool uh, seeing all those uh, 80s wrestlers. Um, but anywho, uh, so we were talking. Oh, uh, so I got a, I got another little topic here. Um, so like I said, I've been watching a lot of YouTube because I, I pay for the premium because I hate commercials. Um, and like I said, it, it's paid for itself. Uh, really, I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, and, you know, some of the, some of the channels I like, there's this one channel, I'm not going to name it. Uh, this guy, he does, uh, um, kind of like documentaries about, you know, geeky stuff, stuff I like. Um, he, oh, what are some of the documentaries? He, I think he did one on Dick Tracy, like the 1990 movie. Okay. Uh, oh, and what was the other one I watched? But anyway, <clears throat> one thing that kind of, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I understand, like, a YouTuber is trying to become famous, you know, like, and, and a lot of you, a lot of YouTubers have become famous, you know, and um, become, you know, personalities and, and, and so on and so forth. But sometimes it just doesn't work, and I just wish people would stop trying. Like, like this one guy, he does this channel where, like I said, he he, he covers pop culture stuff, and he, he does his research. Like he's, you know, like his videos are well researched. I gen I genuinely find that I learn something uh, from his videos, even if it's a you know a topic I'm well versed in. There's usually something I get out of it. Uh, so I like watching his videos, but when he's, and I mean, he'll show pictures and he'll show clips and, and so on and so forth of what he's talking about. But then when it comes to like his videos are a breakdown, like he'll do is like top 10 or top five or, or, you know, seven reasons why this. And then when, you know, when the, whatever number he's on, whenever it gets to the end of that number, he'll sometimes do like his commentary and then it, it it turns back to him, so it's like they do like a live cam of him talking to the camera, and the the sound quality just changes. Like it's almost like he's yelling at the camera as he's standing in front of it, instead of having oh. the nice that nice narration that preceded it. And it's like, dude, don't you know? Like if it, like I, I totally get you know you wanting to give your your two cents on what you were just talking about but you should really do it as a narration rather than you know you know uh you know filmed you know commentary uh because i don't know what you know like his audio equipment must i think what what's happening is i think when he films himself he's using like uh like an uh his ipad or or his iphone or something so I think, you know, the microphone on whatever he's using uh, isn't very good. Um, so it comes across like he has to speak louder or 
whatever for it to pick it up. Uh, whereas when he's actually doing the videos, he's, you know, using a microphone like we're using now and, you know, the sound quality is so much better. Um, I think he could mix it differently where it's at the same level. Um, but, you know, it, it, like, that's my only complaint is, is, uh, I wish he would stop doing, you know, like do it differently. Cause sometimes it almost takes me out of the watching his videos. It's like. Because you literally have to adjust your volume on your... Because I watch a lot of my YouTube on my TV. Um, you have to adjust your volume on your TV. Like when he's talking. Because it's almost like he's yelling. Um, and, there, you know, there, there was this one podcast that I used to listen to. And this is like 10 years ago. Maybe more. There's this podcast I used to listen to. Uh, which was really good. It was a you know pop culture podcast. There was, I don't know, four or five people on it. Um, I think they were doing it over Skype or, or something like that. Um, but the lady that hosted the podcast, her, uh, voice was always louder than everyone else's. It's like she turned her audio up so, so people would hear her over everyone else. And she had this really bad habit of talking over people. Um... And it, it just drove me nuts. And, and she would just, I don't know, like, like I said, I think they were recording it over like a video Skype or something like that, because I think she was seeing people as she was talking. Cause like she would just randomly like yell things out. Um, and it was really jarring. It's, and, and the, uh, there's a couple of them, like a couple of her co-hosts that I really enjoyed listening to. Um, but I had to give up that podcast because it was like. You know, like the audio was just so bad. Like, wh like when we do these podcasts, I like I in like when I edit it, I, I uh, do what they call a leveler. So, um, my I try and as best as I can to get my audio as level with you and and our other co-hosts, uh, so that we're all speaking on the same level. Like sometimes I come across as a little bit louder just because the recorder's on my end um but i try my absolute best to keep us on the same level as far as audio because it's really jarring when you hear people talking louder oh and especially when they talk over people like it just drives me nuts um so anyway this was a little topic a little rant about about audio and and uh <laughs> It's just a shame because there's so, you know, like, so, like I said, like I dropped that podcast. I'm seriously thinking about dropping this channel on YouTube um, just because of the audio quality and, and it's, it's too bad. Like, it, you know, uh, well, and that, and I think sometimes depending on the YouTuber, um, oh, there's this other one. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. But they're always, you know, like, the, you know, like they have outtakes uh, because it's like a film, like, because this um, YouTube video channel, it's a narrator and then he's got like, almost like a newscast, like he's got the box beside him where you see the footage that he's talking about. And, you know, like when you're recording that kind of, you know, like kind of content, 
uh, you're going to have outtakes, you're going to have bloopers, but what they do is they insert the bloopers into the show and it just takes me out of it. It's like, you know, if you, like, I get it, you guys are having a good time and, you know, it's funny or you think it's funny, uh, but a lot of times I don't think it's funny because I I don't get the context, I, you know, or whatever's going on in the studio at that moment. I'm not privy to. Um, I really think if you're going to do outtakes, wait till the end of the episode, like during the credits oh, yeah. or whatever, like to insert it into your show. Like that just, uh, it just drives me nuts. Um, but anyway, that's my, that's my rant about, uh, YouTube and, and audio quality and all that. No, it, there was, a, um, I was trying to watch something, but also there was a live, I mean, they're on everything. They're on like YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and all that crap at the same time. Yep. I was trying to watch and someone's microphone wouldn't work at all. You could see them, but their mic was just muted and they would fix it. And then it would work for a little while and then it'd be out again. So then they'd drop off their own show. I'm like, I'm not watching your show. If half of it is going to be you dropping in and out. Yeah. yeah. Like not that, I mean, we, we had our mistake earlier tonight. Mistakes happen. Um, oh, but yeah. that would be edited before this goes out live anyway. So, you know, yeah, that's part of it. Like, I, yeah. I have less tolerance for screw-ups live because then I've wasted that time, too, while they while they fix it. And something I'm, you know, watching or whatever might be. Yeah. Well, and for the most part, like, the way we record, like, you know, for the listeners, um, we record on Skype. And, like, back when I first started doing podcasting we used to have way more problems with skype like skype used to oh, yeah. crash all the time like tonight i had some issues with it from my end um i think it was not just i think it was a combination of a few different things but typically it doesn't happen too often but when it does we either scrub the episode like we just say oh, well we'll try again another night or you know we, yeah we'll edit as best we can and and splice it all together yeah um, but yeah when when someone's constantly trying to you know like yeah yeah now that you mentioned there's a, yeah another podcast i listen to where that happens quite regularly with one of their co-hosts and it's like uh either get that guy a mic or just get him off the show like at this point like it's it's too much um but anyway i digress uh, Kevin, do you have any uh, more random topics you want to throw out there? I don't think I have a new random one. Um, okay. I'm sure when next we record and there's all the announcements and stuff, we'll have lots to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our brain candy segment. And this is the segment where we talk about things that we're watching, listening to, reading, whatever we're feeding our brain. And then we'll give it a pick or a pan, um, uh, if we want to. Uh, so, Kevin, what, what do you? What's first up for you this week for brain candy? All right, I finished Shorzy today as well. Okay, yeah. And that that is the Letterkenny spinoff. Yep. And you know, I I really wasn't sure what to expect when it started. I was like, it's a spinoff, but it's a whole like there's only one character continuing and even that's kind of weird yeah and you know everything's different but that and letter kenny I, I was texting someone earlier today about it and i said 
it's both vulgar and wholesome at the same time, and I don't know how they walked that line for it. Yeah. But that's the best description I could give. And honestly, like, the first season of Shorzy was, like, just six episodes. They're all around, you know, 20, 25 each. Super quick to get through. And the first couple episodes, I'm like, what the hell is happening? But then I got to care. And it's, you know, if if you're, if you enjoy the the writing and the banter and the way that they do stuff on Letterkenny, you'll still enjoy this as well. Um, But then by the end, I was wrapped up in the story. I was like, oh, God, where are they going to go next? Because what I thought was going to happen is not going to happen. But I don't see a way out of it. And then the way out of it, I absolutely loved. Uh, I was like, okay, please tell me you're getting to season two at some point. But I I was shocked I got into it so much. And honestly, uh, what was it? Um, Oh, I was trying to get my kid to watch uh, The Sandlot this week. Oh, nice. And, And he's like, well, I don't like baseball. I'm like, it's not a baseball movie, buddy. I mean, it is, but yeah. it isn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to explain that to him. And I mean, you know, I'm not a sports person, but, you know, uh, uh, Shorzy beat all about hockey in a way. There was so much other stuff that I'm like, I'm into the hockey parts of this, too. Nice. Like, I'm, I'm into, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose, what's happening here, The rule, you know, like, how we're exploiting certain things during the game. I was like, it's almost Mighty Ducks level in that. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, loving Mighty Ducks movies when I was young, not caring about hockey, but I cared about them. Yeah. Or, or even, you know, in a way, there's a lot that would probably remind people of Slapshot. Hmm. But, again, I think it's more, I think there's more heart than Slapshot had. Yeah, um, Geek Confession, I've never actually watched Slapshot. Oh, really? No. Um, and it's weird because I'm a Canadian and, and most people I know love that movie, but it's just one that I've never watched. Oh, it was, uh, my brother played hockey when he was in school and someone, probably one of our uncles mentioned Slapshot to him. Yeah. We, we had never heard of it. It was like just before, you know, our time Yeah. and not uh, in our wheelhouse. So he mentioned it and we, you know, rented it or, you know, got it somehow one night. And, you know, we're all in for the movie. I think you probably even had some friends over. And my mom was just like, what did you bring into my house? <laughs> awesome. Um, so quick tangent, because um, you live in New York State. What is the closest NHL franchise to you? Um, I mean, I don't know, but I'm, it's... Well, technically, ah, am I closer to Toronto than New York right now? I'm kind of right in between Toronto and New York City right now. Okay. For okay. where I am. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, New York's about five hours. Philly's about five hours. Just, you know, a little different direction there. Oh, okay. You know, one, one's almost a straight shot down for me, and one would be at an angle. But they're still, you know, about the same. Yeah. So, Toronto, yeah, Toronto's probably five for me as well. Okay. Um, so probably like right in between a bunch. Yeah, so you got a few options. Yeah, and, and the next city over, um, like, it's, depending on what you look at, it's kind of like we're all one big city here. Yeah. Um, but technically the next one over has a minor league team. I forget who they're going through right now because it actually changed within the last year you know, who they're affiliated with. Oh, okay, yeah. But they sell, they sell out entire season long. 
Nice. Absolutely dedicated people for all of it. People look forward to it. Um, you know, jerseys and, and shirts and all sold all over the place. Like, whole area just embraced this minor league hockey team. Yeah. And even when the, you know, when they were changing who they're affiliated with, the big thing was like, okay, we don't care who you're affiliated with, but there will be a team in this town. Yeah. So don't pull out completely. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I always wondered, like, people from, like, your area in New York, like, who would, you know, who would they cheer for? Because yeah, there's so many options. Like, you got the Rangers, you got the Islanders, you got the New Jersey <coughs> Devils, you got the Flyers, you yep. got, uh, you know. Maple Leafs are big. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, um, from what I understand, there is a lot of Maple Leafs fans in the States, too. Yeah, so. yep. when, uh, when, when Gretzky was still playing, you actually had a ton of Kings fans everywhere. Yeah. So it wasn't so much a fan of Kings as it was a fan of Gretzky, really. If yeah. We're being honest. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, like every time there's an expansion team, there's like just some love for it. That is true. And, uh, I gotta say, Seattle Kraken is some of the coolest logos I've seen in any sports team in forever. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I want it. I want a shirt, a hat, something. I don't care. I don't need to know any player. I'll probably never watch a game. But that just looks so cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is, it is a is a great design. It's a great. Yeah, I love their their colors, like their uniform colors too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone earned their paycheck on the, all that. Yeah. An excellent name, like you know, like the, oh, you, yeah. using the crack, and that was so awesome. Um. All right. So. Uh, uh, real quick, I just wanted to. Uh, I, I found this. Um, someone posted on Facebook that uh, Seth MacFarlane uh, wrote a novella for the Orville called Sympathy for the Devil. Um, so I looked it up on... Um, on uh, 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 um, not Audacity, what am I on? Um, Audible. I looked it up on Audible. And it's actually uh, going to be available next month. Um, actually, no, it sh- should be released here right away. Actually, it's released right now. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's written by Seth MacFarlane, and it's narrated by Bruce Boxleitner. So for people, oh. people who don't know, he was, you know, Captain John Sheridan on Babylon 5, and he, in this new season of the Orville, he actually plays the president of the Planetary Union. Um, but, you, but, but under heavy makeup, because he plays an alien, um... So yeah, it's it's only three hours and five minutes long, but I think when my uh, Audible credits kick in here at the end of the month, I think I might just get this because that it it uh, sounds good to me. Um, you know, it's written by the creator, uh, narrated by Bruce Boxleitner, so yeah, gotta go with that. Uh, Kev, do you have anything else on your uh, brain candy list? Oh, let's see, I did. We did finish, uh, my son and I, we did finish Ms. Marvel last week. Yes. Um, absolutely loved it. I me, thought it was so good. Yep, yeah, me too. Yep, I liked it. Um, the, uh, I, I won't do spoilers because it's, it, yeah, it's a week old today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I won't do spoilers, but like the ending and certain um, noises or sounds, I'm like, okay, where are we going next? Mm-hmm. And Super interesting, excited, but God, that was just such a wholesome, fun, 
eye-opening show. And uh, it turned out um, one of the guys at my comic shop, um, and I may have mentioned this before on here, uh, but his family, you know, he is Pakistani Muslim. His family came over here like yeah. after partition. And, you know, they got tons of stories and all. But he was saying when they show, like, the house, he's like, that's the first time I've seen my house in anything ever. Like, that's my house. You know, that's how my family decorates. That's what we eat. That's how, you know, we gather. He's like, I have never seen this in anything I've ever watched in any format, ever. I'm like, oh my god. Like, you don't realize... You know, like, I think we kind of take it for advantage, you know, take it for granted a bit. Yep. It was was just fascinating to hear all that. And I mean, like, just such a wonderful, like, literally, in a way, magical show for it. And I I hate that people were, like, you know, bombing it, whether it's because it was a young girl, whether because it was Muslim, like, whether whatever the reason was. Because they're missing out on a great show. My hope would be, because I mean, we're all assuming she'll be in the Marvels, which is out oh, next year. She is, yep. Yeah, the, as the Marvels, you know, starts building up and there's trailers and stuff, that maybe people will go back to it. Like, oh, I want to see where that girl came from, and I'll finally watch the series now. Yep. And and not that I know a lot about Ms. Marvel from the comics. I've never actually read it. Uh, I like the changes that they've made. Um, yeah. Like, I think she, you know, like when she does the, you know, the fist thing, I think it still looks awesome. Um, and, um, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Um, such a great, you know, young actress <laughs> and she's Canadian, which I think you pointed out last week, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I really, uh, yeah, like the surprise at the end there. I was like, hmm, you know, like it's, it's got me excited for, for the Marvels, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I didn't hate Captain Marvel, but I also wasn't blown away either. Um, and it, you know, no knock to Brie Larson. Like actually Brie Larson's grown on me as Captain Marvel. Um, you know, just, you know, the interviews that she's done and seeing her in different things. Um, cause originally I wasn't a fan of her being cast as Captain Marvel. Um, but she has grown on me and uh i'm drawing a blank on the actress's name who plays kamala but she's absolutely born to play this character like it she's so she's so awesome um and yeah i i think it's one of the best marvel disney plus shows to be honest with you um i don't really have a lot of i don't really don't have a lot of criticism about it to be honest no, I, I have no criticism of it, and I got, um, I have one episode of Moon Knight left, which I, at this point I'll probably do tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying it, it's interesting, but I have a feeling at the end I'll just be like, okay, I, I saw it, Yeah, you know, and, and that'll be it. Like, until they, and I, I know Oscar Isaac says he's done, but he's not done. Um, yeah. It, until they work him into other things, and I know what's going on, I, I'll probably just leave it there now that I've watched it. And I think we're at a point where we almost need to watch the Marvel stuff twice um, 
the first one because you know you gotta see it the first time. Mm-hmm. But you're bringing in expectations and assumptions, and oh, they should do this and they should do this, and you're never gonna get it 100 percent right. There's always yeah. gonna be stuff that they do differently, and yeah, people are upset. Oh, you know, so like look at uh, the reaction for Multiverse Madness. Well, they didn't do this, and they didn't do this. Well, no one promised you they were going to. That yeah. was what we built up with, as the audience thinking they were gonna do it. Yeah. So then you sit through it again as its own thing and it's much more enjoyable because now you know what it is and not what you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like when, when Thor comes to my local, I'll definitely go see it with my wife. Cause I know she'll love it. I absolutely, like, I know it's, it, she's going to love it. Um, and not that I didn't, I don't dislike Thor, the new Thor. It's just, I, I know the, you know, my biggest complaint is I know the storylines that they used and they should have been their own movies and they would yeah. have been, they would have been amazing, but. <laughs> well, and someone said, uh, well, it's, it's a Marvel movie for kids. I'm like, listen, I'm all for a Marvel movie for kids, mm-hmm. but God, God butcher and Jane dying of cancer does not to me equate a Marvel movie for kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, there's kids stuff. There's absolutely kid stuff and the humor and, and sarcasm and stuff and all. Yeah, there's a ton of kid-friendly things in there. But there's also two big things here that, you know, one is designed to scare the kids and the other one is going to lead, you know, depending on the age of your kid, it's going to lead to awkward questions. Mm-hmm. Well, how come you get cancer? Well, cancer is this terrible disease and here's what nests the body. Well, how this cancer happened? Well, we don't know all of it, but there's certain things that if you do, you're more likely to maybe get cancer later in life. And then every kid's going to be like, oh, someone in our family does that, and now I'm worried about them, that they're going to have cancer tomorrow. And you're like, oh, God, that's not what I want this conversation to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, Ms. Marvel was on my list. Uh, and I also talked about Stranger Things Season 4 earlier in the episode, so <laughs> I won't. I just, like I said, just finished it today. It's a great season. I I really think that, uh, you know, they pulled it back. And, uh, you know, the complaints I I think I had for season three, they made right with season four. Um, And I'm looking forward to season five. I can't wait. Uh, I just hope it doesn't take three years. Like, I hope they get this, (laughs) you know, knocked out pretty soon. Because, you know, like... Watching that first season, seeing the kids on the show then, and then seeing them now, it's like, uh, you know, like, they've almost aged out of the roles, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I get it, you know, kids, you know, hit puberty some, you know, like like myself, I mean, when I was, uh, you know, 12 and a half, I was like six foot, you know, like, I grew, you know? Some kids do that. Um, but with this show, it's like, uh, now I'm having a hard time buying them as kids especially when you see like them in real life like um millie bobby brown like she's doing a lot of modeling and stuff now and i you know i have a hard time seeing her as a kid now um so they they i i really hope they wrap up stranger things in a year in a year's time um so uh a audiobook that i'm currently listening to is called dreamer of dune it's the biography of Frank Herbert, written by Brian Herbert, his son. Oh. And, um, yeah, uh, 
I've been doing a lot of Dune reading. Um, I really got into that franchise. So I wanted to know a little bit more about the creator of Dune. And this is a great biography. Like his son, um, you know, having your, you know, it just, you know, Brian Herbert is also a writer. So having your own son write your biography, I think is, um, I know Frank Herbert didn't have any say in it, but, uh, it, it it's a great, uh, way of, of, uh, fleshing out, you know, uh, Frank Herbert because his son lived with him. He, you know, he grew up with him. Um, of course he, you know, he's close to, you know, all the players involved in Frank's life. Um, so, you know, just the perfect person to, to write this biography. And, um, I think I'm not even halfway through it yet. And, uh, it, it's fascinating, uh, to, to hear all the, you know, things that Frank Herbert accomplished in his life and, and to know, like, he didn't, you know, like some celebrities, he didn't become famous until he was older. Um, so, you know, he spent many years as a struggling writer, um, just trying to make ends meet, just trying to, you know, uh, pay the bills and, 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 uh, stay ahead of the creditors. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, an aspiring story so far and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. great audiobook. Um, and last but not least, uh, is, uh, YouTube, you know, speaking of YouTube, a YouTube video called Star Trek Civil War. This is the untold story of new Star Trek, how it began and who was, re- and who was responsible. And it's by the Popcast. So, uh, if you go to your YouTube, type in the Popcast. It is one of the newest videos, uh, Star Trek Civil War. And I really feel this video really articulates how I feel as a Star Trek fan about new Star Trek. And it really does explain, because they go, they go behind the scenes and, you know, like all the creative differences and certain showrunners coming in, um, running shows and why they do things. Like, I didn't realize the showrunner for Star Trek Picard her um, most notable credit was she was the showrunner of the spinoff series to the Vampire Diaries. Um, oh, uh, uh, the originals, I think? Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure, but she, that that's the only other show that she's been a showrunner on. So it's like, oh, you know, like, why wouldn't you get some, you know, like, someone who knows Star Trek to, to, to do that, but. Um, and then you'll, you know, you learn more about, uh, uh, what's his name? Me- Mez Funes or the guy, the guy that used to run Paramount, um, Les Moonves, Les Moonves. Yeah. Uh, apparently he hated Star Trek and apparently he's the reason that Star Trek Enterprise got canceled. I didn't realize that, oh. um, until I watched this video, like basically when he got full control of Paramount, the first thing he did was cancel Enterprise. Because apparently he did not like Star Trek. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a great video that I highly recommend people go check out. I think it's like 25 minutes long. It's not crazy. Uh, but it really explains what's going on with, with Star Trek and, and why it is where it is now. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, uh, I'll be continuing with uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I think now that... Uh, 
you know, because the boys came to an end. I'm caught up on Stranger Things. Um, uh, what else? Well, I'm still watching For All Mankind. So there's a few shows still. I still got to finish Bosch and, uh, you know, it, it's a you know it's an abundance of riches right now. Like we we really are living in a in an awesome age of of television programming, um, where so many so many so many options for us. Um, oh yeah, I think I think back to being a kid, and you're hoping that something, you know, geek cult, you know, whatever shows up as like a late night movie or or randomly on some channel that's not a network channel, mm-hmm. you know, just to have something that is in our wheelhouse. And now it's like it's it's a full time job to keep up on all the stuff. Yep, like I, <clears throat> you know, people you know knock. The Marvel stuff on Disney Plus and, and Star Wars stuff, and I'm like, no, like this is awesome, like, you know, like, is all of it good? No, you know, but there are some good things that are coming out of this stuff, you know, and and we gotta, you know, do less complaining and more appreciating, you know, when you consider like 20 years ago where we were, like 20 years yeah. ago, you know, uh, Spider-Man One was like out and attack the clones like that's basically all we had you know during that time um oh i I remember being being a kid like first into comics and i would look to see if like okay is some channel playing batman mm -hmm. you know adam rock batman is some channel playing the 1960s spider-man cartoon randomly you know just looking for anything like that you know exactly playing star wars this week and i i'm i still remember to this day i saw Whatever day it was, whatever day of the week, I'm like, oh my god, some channel in like ten minutes is playing the Avengers. I didn't know there was an Avengers thing. Is it a cartoon? Like, what is it? It's John Steed on appeal. Yeah, but I was unaware that that was a thing. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to see like Marvel's Avengers, and there was some you know old cartoon or whatever I was unaware of. Yeah, and and now like I mean I don't know about you and Kanda, but we got certain. Um, a lot of the cable channels that just if they're not playing one of their like original dramas, they just play movies the whole time. Mm-hmm. Some of them are they're practically twenty four hour superhero movie channels now. Yeah. Um. Like, T- TMT especially. Most nights I can turn it on and it's random Marvel movies, random DC movies, and then TNT is playing edited versions of Titans and Harley Quinn from HBO Max. Oh, really. I, I could just leave it on as a background channel. Hmm. Um, well, one thing I, I, you know, speaking about TV channels, um, cause I, I still have a, a satellite subscription, um, because my wife does not want to switch strictly to streaming. Um, and I don't blame her because like, for example, tonight we had, I had internet issues, right? And Ooh. if if you're just streaming, then if say the internet goes down, that's it. You're not watching anything unless you got DVDs or or you know something like that. Um, but one thing I notice uh, when I'm watching TV, because uh, I don't watch a lot of TV now. Like I like there are certain things like I will PVR, and I'll save it and watch it that way. Uh, basically, the only time I really watch T, you know, using air quotes TV is to watch the news or watch. A sporting event like uh, you know hockey or or football or whatever um but my wife she watches a lot of different channels a lot of different shows 
One thing I'm noticing now, and I know this has been a trend for a while, and it kind of makes me sad. Um, Certain brand channels are just abandoning, like, what they are supposed to represent. For example, in Canada, we have a channel called CMT, which is Country Music Television. Um, We have one, too. Okay. And I don't know what... I, I don't know if it's the same channel, but the one up here... Yeah, good luck watching any country music on that channel. Like, I I have no idea when they actually show country music videos. Um, like, they do, like, an hour of Three's Company. They do an hour of King of Queens. They do an hour of The Office. Um, what else is on that channel? There's all these, like, sitcoms on there. Oh, Everyone Loves Raymond. They do an hour of Everyone Loves Raymond. And I'm like, what do these shows have to do with country music? You know, like, I know back in the day, they used to show reruns of of Reba. But I get that. Reba McIntyre is a country music music singer. You know, it makes sense. Um, Even though her show isn't about country music. You know, she is a country music star, so I get that. Um, But I just remember back in the day, like, CMT used to you know, do a daily, you know, video show and used to, you know, do a request show and all this other stuff. And like, none of that exists anymore. It's, you know, like primarily, like, I want to say most of their content is like sitcoms. And it's like, why even call yourself country music television? Um, you know, I know like, well, in, in, uh, I know Canada and us, uh, A and E is the same channel. Um, but A&E might as well be like the true crime channel. Like there's no arts and entertainment at all anymore on that channel. It's all like, you know, uh, police stuff or, or, um, you know, they have that hoarder show. Like, what does that have to do with arts and entertainment? Like nothing like, you know, um, every once in a while A&E, you know, like they, like they used to do the biographies and they still do. Um, but even like biography, like, cause I guess they got the biography channel, but you know, I just find like, instead of being about arts and entertainment, it's, it, you know, like, why don't, why don't you just call it, you know, the cops channel or something like I, um, you know, discovery, same thing. Like, I mean, um, they have all these reality shows now, like, um, oh, what? There's one where they're, like, trying to dig for gold, I think, in, like, eastern Canada, like, on one of the islands out there. Um, they're trying to find some some buried treasure or something. Um, and it's like, why is anyone watching the show? Like, you know, you're really not learning anything. Um, you know, it used to be like Discovery, you would turn on that channel and actually learn stuff. The Learning Channel. Like, actually, I watched this video on YouTube about how the Learning Channel's changed. And now Learning Channel, like, I mean, they got, you know, shows like, you know, like the Duggars or or um, 18 and Counting or uh, 90 Day Fiance or um, Little People Big World, like that sort of thing. And it's like, what does this have to do with learning? Like why why don't you just call it the reality TV channel like I or scripted reality TV channel I don't know like I all I, I just 
I don't know. I just think it's, you know, we lost something. Like, it's a bygone era of, of these specialty channels that are no longer special. You know, in Canada, you know, our version of the sci-fi channel, like, they air Castle. And I'm like, what? what's that show? Like, uh, other than Nathan Fillion being on it, what does that show have to do with science fiction? It's it's like a, a crime show. Like, a, you know... Something, you know, grandparents watch on a Saturday night. Like, why, why is this on the Sci-Fi channel? Like, why aren't you showing reruns of Babylon 5 or, or Battlestar Galactica? Like, I just, I don't get it. It used to be the Sci-Fi channel. Like, uh, it used to be called Space in Canada, the Space Channel. It used to be a great channel. Like, you know, like they had used, you know, that, that was a place to go to watch Star Trek reruns. Like I said, Babylon 5. Um, you know, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. You know, uh, any any of the new shows, you know, at the time, like when they had the Babylon 5 spinoff Crusade come out, it first aired on the Sci-Fi channel. Um, I remember, like, early mornings, they used to show reruns of, like, the Transformers and stuff like that. Like, it, and now it's like they, they, they air, like, dra- like, dramas that aren't even sci-fi related. Um, or movies that aren't sci-fi related. Like, there was a movie that they aired, and it had absolutely nothing to do with science fiction. I can't remember what it was. But it's like, you know, couldn't you air this on one of your other channels? Like, you're, you're literally called the sci-fi channel. Like, why are you not showing science fiction? But, anyway, sorry. That was a little rant. You know, now we're talking about TV channels that, uh, yeah. I should have made that a little topic. I actually think I meant to, but I forgot. There was, um, many years ago, um, whatever the show that was on at 8.30, Friends was on at 8, Seinfeld was on at 9, was Mm -hmm. going to get canceled. And in some interview, they said, well, it gets good ratings. It gets a, you know, whatever number. Yeah, and the guy running NBC said, "I could put static on in between Friends and Seinfeld and get that number." Yeah, and he's right. Um, there's a big story. Like I don't know if you've seen it online, but someone took the MTV schedule for the week, and it was like ninety percent that ridiculousness show. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and the word was that whoever's in charge of you know all the programming for what's MTV VH1. Mm. Central, like all the affiliated ones, um, that he was just like, I'm not spending money on music. I'm not spending money given the rights because, you know, if you play the song, then they get, you know, some money for it, just like, you know, radio and all. Yeah. He's like, I'm not spending that money when we could film a stupid reality show for no money, throw that on there with other stupid reality shows that we own. And, like, why, I, I mean, let's say, uh, you know, one of these random cable channels, let's say it brings in $10 million a year for whatever conglomerate it's a part of. Okay, why spend $10 million on new programming if it's only bringing in $10 million a year? You could, And you own hundreds and hundreds of different IP and shows and everything. Just throw random crap on there. You'll get, yeah. you'll sell the same amount of advertising dollars, and they just abandon it. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes you had people at channels that were like, well, let's make a destination channel. So people come to our channel, our channel, stay there. Yeah. I stayed on sci fi all the time when that was still around. Um, 
Cartoon Network had a certain era, Boomerang, uh-huh. which was yeah. like the retro cartoons, uh, G4, when that was still around. Like, these were channels I just left on all day. And even if I wasn't interested in what was on at, like, 5, I wanted to watch what was on at 5.30. Yeah. So I just left the channel on. And, like, my mom does it for, like, QVC, and the Yankees have a channel. Mm-hmm. So, or, or Game Show Network. That's a big one for people to just leave on in the background all day. Um, it's called, there's Buzzer too, which is Game Show Network, but different shows, I guess. Um, but what it is, is them like, okay, let Netflix, let's let HBO, let Disney spend money on new content that we can then, you know, to go back to that TNT movie one, for example. All right, Marvel spent hundreds of millions making these movies. Mm-hmm. We pay whatever to air them nonstop. And we didn't have to make them ourselves, and then we just collect that advertising money, and we didn't have to actually make anything. Yeah, like there's, you know, and and go back even further. My mom, you know, complaining like, oh, there's, uh, none of these award nominees are for shows on regular TV. No, because regular TV gave up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much procedural dramas that you forget everything about it the moment it's done. You're like. And then when it comes up again, here's a repeat of Law and Order, of NCIS, of Castle, or whatever. Here's a repeat episode. You're like, I watched this episode before, and I have no clue who committed the crime, so I'll watch it again. Um, and there's a handful of sitcoms still, but they're all, you know, like bubblegum, easily forgotten sitcoms. And anything mm-hmm. good and anyone actually trying to make something, you know, creative and original, and that, you know, that might, like, have some weight to it and speak to the world is doing it on streaming, but there's no way to do a streaming of like, okay, I'm just going to sit and watch this channel. Like we have, again, cause I'm not sure what exactly you have and we have it all, but like the Pluto TV app or the Tubi app has all their channels of like, all right, here's a eighties cartoon channel. And they got whatever right from, you know, Hasbro or whoever to just play, mm-hmm. you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe nonstop yeah. for the day. And I'll throw the, that on sometimes and just have it play and, you know, for a few hours and kind of zone out. But I would, I'm still going through an app to get there. Mm-hmm. It's still part of the whole app world. It's not just turning on my cable or, or satellite dish and finding, quote, my channel. Yeah. And I mean, like, we'll make, you know, the people there, like, because I, I, you know, there's argument. Remember when MTV played videos and I got friends, they'll say, and I've made the point before. I got friends, they'll say, well, you can find all the videos on YouTube. Yes, you can. We don't have the community aspect of it, of yeah. sitting down and watching MTV and like, here's your two hour rock show. Here's your two hour rap show. Here's a segment, a block of time that speaks to you personally. Yes. Yeah. And you're, you're in small town wherever and no one else is into that music but you or no one else really understands it but you or you know you just need something to feel like you're not alone in the world and all of a sudden here's you know a alternative nation or yo mtv raps or like whatever the show is and you feel like part of something for a minute and that stuff is gone and, yeah. and i mean you know we could we could rabbit hold out further and maybe it's like well we know social media companies want to divide us because there's been whistleblowers so if we don't have a channel or a show that we all gather around, then we don't come together for stuff either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, 
a sad state of affairs, that's for sure. Yeah, like yeah, especially with like MTV, like like you're saying, like having to pay to air the music. Like I totally get that. Like and and the ridiculousness thing. Like I, I was watching an interview somewhere with with Chanel West Coast, and she was saying like how they film. I forget how many episodes in like a day. Like they they like it's yeah. so cheap for them to make that show. You know, basically the the thing that holds them up is uh, having to do wardrobe changes. You know, make it appear like they're filming on different days when they're actually not. Yeah, because most of those scripted reality shows of, like, some sort of celebrity, you really got, like, ten minutes of something actually happening, and then they got their little, like, first-person interviews of, well, I was walking into the room and this happened. So you could film them for a week, get enough bullshit to make a ton of half-hour episodes, and the next week sit down for the individual ones, and you're out. And you've got a whole season in two weeks yep. for no money. Yep. Yep. A lot, yeah, and like you said, a lot cheaper than paying, you know, bands and stuff for their, their rights to their music. But, <laughs> but like you said, it, it's 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 kind of sad. It's like you said, a bygone era where, yeah, you used to sit down and watch, you know... Um, Oh, what's that show called? Uh, it was on MTV. It was with what's his name? Um, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. But he used to do like. Was, uh, what, sorry, Kev, what was that? Uh, oh, I was trying to think of what it was, like TRL uh, with Carson Dale. Yes, TRL. Yes, I was going to say it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Where you know, for a while there it was like appointment viewing, right? Because you know who oh, would he yeah. have on, who would he have on next? Oh, it's Spice Girls. Oh, it's you know whoever. Um, and now like that, just I don't know. They might still do TRL. I don't have no idea, but I mean, it's no, not, it's not a no, th- not, big thing. Not, anyway. not in a while, and and that was such a big show at the time. I mean, you had your golden era of bubblegum pop, like Britney mm-hmm. Spears and Baxter Boys and NSYNC. Yep. But then you had, like, I don't know where Corn and Limp Biscuit and stuff and Eminem coming up and, like, this a lot of great music all at the same time for them to put people on there. Hard in New York City, so you could see all of, like, yep. Times Square and everything going on down there. And uh, I remember an article when TRL was huge, and it was some, uh, some agent for, like, A-list celebrities. And they just said, if I'm booking someone in New York City, um to go there and, like, promote their movie or whatever. We do Today Show, you know, or Good Morning America, like, whatever, first thing in the morning. Then it's live with Regis and Kathy or Kelly or whoever at the time. Then it's TRL. Then it's uh, Letterman, because he was in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, we consider TRL to the level of these other ones, even though it's a whole different audience, because those other ones are more, you know, uh, adults, you know, heads of household you know, moms and dads watching the stuff when they're getting the kids ready in the morning or, or themselves ready and then unwinding with something funny at night. And they're like, no, this is same level. We need that level of, of exposure for these celebrities in this new audience. Mm-hmm. And they don't even do that anymore. Yeah. Not, I know. not that movies, you know, movies aren't hurting for money or anything, but. Well, one thing I miss from MTV is like the unplugged shows that they used to do yeah uh like i mean nirvana nirvana uh unplugged is probably i honestly i 
you know, I mean, they didn't do a lot of concerts, you know, before uh, Kurt Cobain passed away. But, uh, like, I mean, that, you know, MTV Unplugged album is, that, like, to me, that's gold. Like, I loved that that album. Um, you know, and it was captured at MTV on, on, a, on a stage. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, you just don't get that anymore. No, and, and you can still do that with so many bands now, because they did the Nirvana one, yep. they did, um, they did a, a rap one, and mm-hmm. it was like El Cool Day and a full orchestra band. Like, there was no sampling, there was no records or anything, and it sounded amazing still. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that blew my mind is they had Kiss on there, completely mm-hmm. stripped down, yep. you know, for the Unplugged style. I'm like, this is worlds different than what they usually do. Yep. You know, and, and look at all the, like, timeless albums that they got out of that series. It's like, yep, you don't want to contribute. <coughs> Sorry. It's like, I understand that most of these people running channels are just worried about the bottom line yep. and how can we make more money. But the way I'm wired and the way you and, you know, most people that are in our world, it's like, I want to create something, though. Mm-hmm. Like who's who's more proud? The guy that took MTV for making yeah, and I'm just making stuff up, but to make a point here. Oh, last year we took in ten million advertising. This year we took in twelve. Good for you. When X other person was there, they had two Grammy nominated albums that were from MTV that mm-hmm. people still buy today. Like yep. that, you know, put something good out into the world. Like what what one is probably more satisfying? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know, Kev. Maybe we're just getting old. I don't know. But, <laughs> well, have, have I done my, my division rant with you yet? I don't know. Uh, but go ahead. All right. All right. The, the more and more I think about it, I don't think the division is really like left and right or, you know, um, red and blue for states or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest division is people who are only concerned about themselves versus people who are worried about other people. It's ego versus empathy. Yep. And I think that's the big split for people. Yep. Oh, I, I completely agree. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, we definitely need more empathy in this, in this world, you know, it, it, I, but anyway, yeah, but anywho, uh, I think we can call this an episode, because um, okay. uh, we're, we're, I know we're running kind of late, and uh, and Kevin, you you know, that sucks you got COVID, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I know you need your rest, um, <laughs> so, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet, so Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right, you can find me on most social medias at Masked Library, and my home blog is maskedlibrary.com. I also do many things over for the Retro Network. I actually had a piece go up, I think, last week. Um, I'm going to try to, uh, once again, do the Retro Pull List, which is I look at all the comics coming out in, in the month. Okay. And what yeah. ones, uh, you know, are like new releases of stuff that, we remember from our childhoods or, or teenage years, oh, nice. um, including in July, uh, Mad Balls versus Garbage Pail Kids. Nice. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have no idea how they're going to pull that one off. 
there is there's also and then it, it wasn't a comic so I didn't include it. There's a Garbage Pail Kids uh, junior novel written by R.L. Stein. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I think I'd rather get the cards still though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I, I, it, where I lived in Canada, Garbage Pail Kids were a little different. Like we didn't have the cards, but we had they they were like little figurines. That came, oh really? Yeah, that came in a little garbage bag. Yep. Um, and then you you put the garbage bag in water and it would dissolve. Yep. Yeah, I, like I saw them like once or twice, but we had the the you know cases of cards at yeah. every little convenience store and, and then five and dime and all for a while. Yeah, that's another thing I miss. I miss um, seeing cards at places. Like, I mean, you, you still run into the odd place that has, like, a, you know, baseball cards or hockey cards or whatever. But I miss, you know, like, say, like, a new, like, Batman. When Batman came out, you know, they would have tra- Batman trading cards for sale yeah. to promote the movie. Like, I, I miss that. Oh, imagine if they did, like, you know, Thor Love and Thunder cards and it was, like, two do- <coughs> Sorry, $2 a pack. Yeah, I absolutely grab those. They, they actually, it might. Now that I think about it, they might be doing us a favor by not doing that because that. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. I could see uh, cards becoming an issue here at the house. Um, yeah, every time I go out, I'd get more. Yep. But anyway, um, so like I said, this was a special episode of Geek Follow. Uh, next week, we will be doing an episode of the Pop Culture Pub. And hopefully also be doing an episode of Truck 1701. Um, all right. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for, for joining with me this evening. And I hope you uh, get get better soon. Yeah, well, by, by next week, hopefully. Yeah. 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 By no <laughs> means, if you're not up for it, don't, don't feel obligated. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to add to your uh, your illness there. So, yeah, get yeah. better. <laughs> Um, and I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Kevin and I talk about, uh, you know, random stuff. And this was a Geek Fallout Reloaded, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. <laughs>